0: Life if you give your heart and believe what he's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're true. You'll be set for life. First Samuel chapter twenty, verse one. Jonathan's loyalty to David. Then David fled from Naoth in Ramah and went and said to Jonathan, What have I done? What is my iniquity and what is my sin before your father that he seeks my life? So Jonathan said to him, By no means you shall not die. Indeed, my father will do nothing, either great or small, without first telling me. And why should my father hide this thing from me? It is not so. As a good guy as Jonathan is, uh, as good a guy as Jonathan was, he he really did seem to have a hard time seeing how ruthless his father was. And this could have driven a wedge between David and Jonathan's friendship here, uh, because Jonathan, he seems to be defending his dad, Saul. Jonathan, he seems to be in denial. It is not so, he said. But, you know, David, he just cannot risk his life because Jonathan insisted everything's okay. David can't just say, okay, uh, Jonathan, I'll just go with you and think everything's all right. David has to do something. He's got to stand up and be firm about this. So what does David do? Let's find out in 1 Samuel 20 and verse 3. Then David took an oath again and said, your father certainly knows that I have found favor in your eyes. And he has said, Do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. So Jonathan said to David, Whatever you yourself desire, I will do it for you. You know, David had to insist upon his own safety, despite Jonathan's viewpoint on this. Now, perhaps. Jonathan was a little bit blinded. Uh, You've seen family do that sort of thing, blinded by his family partiality here. He wants to back up good old dad Saul. But that's why David pressed forward in making what it says, another oath. He made another oath with Jonathan. Saul had tried to kill David too many times to not do this other oath. And so, Saul had been breaking his promises left and right, left and right. So David makes this this oath, but why should we trust what David says? Why should we trust David's oath, but not Saul? Well, Saul has a bad track record. He's been breaking all of his promises. But in 1 Samuel 18 and 39, a couple chapters back, it says that David behaved more wisely than all the servants of Saul. David is doing much better under godly wisdom than what Saul was doing. David is proving himself. And so when you consider that David had been given this extraordinary wisdom by God, I think it was the right thing for David to do to not just immediately trust Jonathan's judgment at this point. Now, this is not a strike against Jonathan's character here. But he simply was not as aware of things as he thought he was. Jonathan should have known a little better. He just was not looking at the whole picture, at least not what David could see. And so it was right for David to exercise firm caution, even though Jonathan insisted that his father was not out to get him, which this is rather odd to me, because just in the previous chapter, Jonathan did warn David. He warned him. That Saul wanted to kill him. Saul was out to get him. So what's up with Jonathan here? I think probably some kind of a blood bias uh, that you can see is going on here. A family bond was causing Jonathan not to think quite as straight as David was. David had the the spirit of God on him, the the godly wisdom that exceeded everyone else. And Jonathan, he's not able to see it quite as well. So Jonathan realized David is not going to back down when david is adamant that there is but a step between me and death he says and so look at this new oath that david took it produced a change in jonathan the new oath that he made changed jonathan david's not changing he is stuck he said i your dad is out to get me Jonathan says, no, that's not the way it is. David says, yes, it is. Your dad's out to get me. It was Jonathan who changed. It appears to me that the Lord intervened into this situation and moved Jonathan into agreement with David. And so Jonathan was like, no, he's not out to get you. But suddenly he goes, whatever you want, I'll do. (laughs) Did you see the change that Jonathan made here? It's, It's You could see the switch. What I think I see here in David's oath that he just made is he's basically showing Jonathan, look, buddy, I value our friendship, but you must listen to me. You have got to listen to me. Jonathan changed. He turned in a new direction. And so now Jonathan is in a new place to where David is able to speak to him. Jonathan wasn't listening to him before. He was arguing. Dude, your dad's out to get me. Jonathan says, no, he's not. I would have known about it. But now Jonathan changed, and he's in line with David's wisdom that God gave him. Now David can speak. So what happens? How how do they figure this out now? 1 Samuel 20, verse 5. And David said to Jonathan, indeed, tomorrow is the new moon, and I should not fail to sit with the king to eat. But let me go that I may hide in the field until the third day at evening. If your father misses me at all, then say, David earnestly asked permission of me that he might run over to Bethlehem, his city. For there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the family. If he says thus, it is well, your servant will be safe. But if he is very angry, be sure that evil is determined by him. Therefore, you shall deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into a covenant of the Lord with you. Nevertheless, if there is iniquity in me, kill me yourself, for why should you bring me to your father? But Jonathan said, Far be it from you, for if I knew certainly that evil was determined by my father to come upon you, then would I not tell you? So you can see David's humility. I think that's the first thing I see here. Is David's humility because in verse seven, he refers to himself as Jonathan's servant. His stature, he's not thinking highly of himself, he's bringing himself down low. He's saying, Your servant. You know, David was anointed by Samuel. David did not puff up like Saul has puffed up, he is still being humble, he's calling himself servant. Instead of now, now, Jonathan, look, I have been anointed as the king. I'm going to be the king. Now you listen to me and be quiet. You know, that's the way a lot of people do these days. Well, David did not do that. He kept saying, your servant, your servant. See, humility is always better, guys. Humility, lowliness, thinking of others is better than yourself. That's always the better way to go. This new moon feast here what what was this about? This is a monthly feast that was instituted by the Lord in Numbers chapter 28 if you want to go look that up. And he wanted to use the absence of himself at this feast to test Saul, to test Saul to see if it would produce some kind of a reaction out of Saul. Now what amazes me is that this feast was also set around sin offerings. Now to consider that this was a feast that Saul was attending and saying, you all need to be here, and we're going to have our little sin offerings around it while he's thinking he wants to kill David. That just amazes me that Saul would be that blind to be thinking this way at such a feast as this. But this feast is going to show how fake Saul really is, how he's, he's, he's pretending to do godly things. Here I am at the feast. I'm at the feast. Oh, holy is the Lord. But in the back of his mind, he wants to kill somebody. That's fake stuff here. So if Saul reacted with hostility over David, then they needed to come up with a way for Jonathan to communicate to David how the results turned out. If he gets mad, how are we going to communicate this? You know, guys, they didn't have texting back then. And for the younger folks watching, uh, you may not know a life without cell phones and internet, but I do. (laughs) I remember before all that, and we actually talked to people, and you would leave the house and... Drive off somewhere and your phone would ring on the wall all alone at home while you were out there in the world and you just didn't know it was ringing? How did you talk to people? Well, they had to deal with that back then. We got to come up with a way of communication. So they're going to have to get inventive, but in a way that's encrypted. Now, I know some of y'all think, well, I use WhatsApp or I use iMessage because it's got encryption. They had to come up with an encryption message system here. How do they do it? Uh So let's read in First Samuel 20, verse 10. Then David said to Jonathan, Who will tell me, or what if your father answers you roughly? And Jonathan said to David, Come, let us go out into the field. So both of them went out into the field. Then Jonathan said to David, The Lord God of Israel is witness. When I have sounded out my father sometime tomorrow, or the third day, and indeed there is good toward David, and I do not send to you and tell you, may the Lord do so and much more to Jonathan. But if it pleases my father to do you evil, then I will report it to you and send you away that you may go in safety. And the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. And you shall not only show me the kindness of the Lord while I still live that I may not die, but you shall not cut off your kindness from my house forever. No, not when the Lord has cut off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. You know, I want us to recognize an almost hidden detail here that Jonathan, he did not ask to let his family keep the throne. What he asked for was only to survive the judgment of when the Lord removes David's enemies. That's what he asked for, just survival. Because I know the Lord's going to come take the enemies out. I just want to survive. Now, I think Jonathan came to understand don't you see? He he finally came to understand that his own dear old dad Saul actually wants to kill David, and to kill David that's actually against the will of the Lord. That's not in God's will for that to happen. Dad, who's sitting over there at the new moon feast, let's do this. Let's do the sin offerings, and we're going to look all godly here. Yeah, I'm thinking about killing David. Jonathan is acting within the will of God. Dad's not. Saul is not. King Saul is acting against the will of God. And since Jonathan knew that David is indeed going to become king, it's God's will for it to happen. Nothing's going to stop that. He realized that he will be king. He suddenly realized the depth of the trouble that this meant for his own family. This is going to bring a mess. What kind of mess? Well, typically enemies of a king were killed to eliminate any rivalry to a throne. There's not going to be a rivalry because there's only going to be one king. And because Jonathan knew that the Lord would cut off David's enemies, Jonathan didn't want his own family line to be cut off along. He didn't want to die with them nor his family after him. He knew this was coming, but he wants them to survive. Let's see what he does. First Samuel 20 and 16. It says, so Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, meaning his family. He made a covenant with the house of David saying, let the Lord require it. At the hand of David's enemies. Now, what does this mean? This verse is somewhat kind of complex when you first look at it, but let's break it down together. Jonathan had made a personal covenant with David. We had seen that before because he knew without a doubt that the Lord was going to take out David's enemies. But now it says that Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, with David's entire family line. What is this getting at? Jonathan basically expanded the covenant to not just mean the two of them, but also he expanded it between their families. He wanted a reciprocal enlargement of this protective covenant between both David's and Jonathan's family lines so that he would not get cut off. I think Jonathan realized that since God will certainly set David as king, then Saul's hostility against David would result with Saul's own family being cut off from the face of the earth. And Jonathan is in Saul's family. That's his dad. So if the family's in trouble, I'm in the family. I need protection. Now, whenever there were rival kings, the king that loses dies. (laughs) No rivals. They were not going to have any rivals as well as anybody that supported that, the, the king that lost, they were all wiped out. If they challenged and rivaled the legitimate king, they were killed, dead. They were gone, out of here. Rivalry eliminated. Now, you can see why Jonathan's making this covenant. He understands what's coming down the road. He's making this covenant of protection. Remember what happened when we first started this chapter. At first, Jonathan kind of argued with David. No, there's not a problem. There's not, you know, my dad want doesn't want to kill you. Everything's okay. He tells me everything. If he was going to kill you, I'd have known about it. But now, all of a sudden, he we can see that the Lord gave Jonathan a sudden understanding of the danger that he was in, and Jonathan wants to jump under a new covenant as fast as he can a new covenant guys think on that any of you that know me know what i'm trying to point to here there's a new covenant he wants to get under for protection because he knows the lord is going to remove any and all opposition to the rightful king and so when he said let the when jonathan said let the lord require it at the hand of david's enemies what he meant by that was if anyone from even my family becomes enemies of David's family, any rivalry against the throne that God has given you, any rivalry to that, then let the Lord who has witnessed to this covenant that I'm making with you, may the Lord severely punish those who violate it. Jonathan knows what's coming. He doesn't want any part of it. He wants to be spared. But anybody that's going to violate that, let the Lord require of it at the hand of David's enemies. And so... He knows that the Lord is going to take out all the rivals who stand against the rifle king. Let the Lord require it. I think Jonathan Jonathan had spiritually sensed. I think he's he, he can understand what's going on. He sensed the path to the Messiah in David's line. Now, he may not have said it specifically. It may not have been mentioned or specifically thought, but I think he knows that David, you're God's man. You've got to get the throne. It's going to happen. And so Jonathan is backing David becoming king, but I need to get under a protective covenant to spare my life and my family's life. So good. And so with our hindsight to this moment, we can see that Jonathan spoke. He actually spoke in favor of the downright elimination of anyone who would try to stand against Jesus from reigning as king. I mean, there's a lot of prophecy wrapped up in David. The messianic line is going to come through him. Jonathan was saying, the enemies of the Lord are going to have to answer to this. Guys, for us looking backward to this, we can see that Jesus is going to be king. He's going to have that throne. Let the Lord require it at the hand of David's enemies. Don't you just love Jonathan? At first, we started off a little rocky with Jonathan. He's not getting it. Now everything's okay. Now I think he's tracking. I like Jonathan. Good going, Jonathan. Sick him. Anyway, 1 Samuel 20, verse 17. Now Jonathan, again, caused David to vow because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. Then Jonathan said to David, tomorrow is the new moon and you will be missed because your seat will be empty. And when you have stayed three days, go down quickly and come to the place where you will hide on the day of the deed, and remain by the stone of Ezel. Then I will shoot three arrows to the side, as though I shot at a target. And there I will send a lad saying, go find the arrows. If I expressly say to the lad, look, the arrows are on this side of you, get them and come, Then surely, as the Lord lives, there is safety for you and no harm. But if I say thus to the young man, look, the arrows are beyond you, go your way, for the Lord has sent you away. And as for the matter which you and I have spoken of, indeed, the Lord be between you and me forever. Now, since they didn't have texting, they didn't have walkie-talkies, Jonathan would have to signal the results of what Saul did by signaling with arrows, by going out and doing some archery. And so by doing this, no one could accuse Jonathan of trying to help David escape. Look, he's trying to help David get out. No, David Jonathan just looks like he's shooting arrows, pra- target practice, you know? So it would only appear as though he's just doing his archery skills when he was actually sending an encrypted message. First Samuel 20 and verse 24. Then David hid in the field. And when the new moon had come, the king sat down to eat the feast. Now the king sat sat on his seat as at other times, on a seat by the wall. And Jonathan arose, and Abner sat by Saul's side. But David's place was empty. Nevertheless, Saul did not say anything that day, for he thought, Something has happened to him. He is unclean. Surely he's unclean. And it happened the next day, the second day of the month, that David's place was empty. And Saul said to Jonathan his son, Why has the son of Jesse not come to eat either yesterday or today? So Jonathan answered Saul, David earnestly asked permission of me to go to Bethlehem. And he said, Please let me go, for our family has a sacrifice in the city, and my brother has commanded me to be there. And now if I have found favor in your eyes... Please let me get away and see my brothers. Therefore, he has not come to the king's table. Then Saul's anger was aroused against Jonathan. And he said to him, now guys, get ready for this, okay? then, (laughs) Then he said to him, you son of a perverse, rebellious woman. You ever heard that one before? You son of a perverse, rebellious woman. Do I not know? that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness. For as long as the son of Jesse lives on the earth, you shall not be established, nor your kingdom. Now therefore, send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die. Here's Saul. He shall surely die. Saul that always said, no, 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 he's not going to die. Saul's breaking another promise. Does anybody remember? I mean, you've got to recall what Saul swore just one chapter ago. He said, as the Lord lives, sounding all kingly, all spiritual. let I me mean, just sound right. As the Lord lives, David shall not be killed. And now just one chapter later, he's saying David's got to die. This is a man that has no integrity, has no oneness. He cannot stick by what he says he's going to do. And he's already saying David has to die, even though he had invoked the Lord into his broken promise by saying, by saying, as surely as the Lord lives, as surely as the Lord lives, he will not die. He used the name of the Lord. Now he's already going against it. That's what you call grandstanding. But look at verse 30. It says that Saul's anger was aroused. James 1. Now this is, guys, oh, guys, please, we got to get get this down, especially during these times. There's a lot of anger going on in the world today and a lot of finger pointing and a lot of blaming and you did this and you did that. James 1 says that the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. You cannot do righteous things when you're mad. When you're angry, you can't, you can't do anything godly. So you got to get control of your temper. And so in Saul's anger, he's so angry that he verbally abuses his own son in front of everybody. Hey, have you ever been cut down and verbally abused in front of people? It doesn't feel good, does it? Nobody likes that. It's embarrassing. It shames the person that you're jumping on. And he did that to his own son. But yet again, he is going to work against the will of God. You know, Saul forgot his former smallness. He forgot how small he once was. That crown that Saul had on his head, that crown was given to him. He didn't get that himself. God gave that to him. Here, Saul, take that. He was given that crown. He didn't get it.